So the Uganda <laughs> parliament has, has watered down this controversial anti-gay law. There's been a lot of outrage uh, internationally about this. Yes. So in fact, Mandy, a couple of weeks ago when you stood in for Bongani, you asked me this question, is there any way that we could see this bill, this bill either not passing parliament? And I said, well, possibly. Um, and here we see, firstly, the bill actually went through. But the original um, bill that came to parliament two weeks ago was slightly watered down um, because I think there was some pressure internationally being placed on President Giveri Museveni, but not much compromise. So the bill originally criminalized people who simply identified as LGBTIQ plus um, persons, uh, and that was now taken out um, in the proposed legislation. Now, it was approved in March, but returned to the House after President Yuvedi Museveni suggested the changes. And I think that was slightly the compromise because we saw Amnesty International and several international organizations outraged about this bill. Um, of course, I think given that Uganda relies a lot on international funding, this was the slight compromise, but still, still not very good news for activists um, because, one, um, really it's going to simply be, a, you know, you're going to be, you know, people have already been arrested. Um, we've already seen prosecution because basically um, those who call themselves, you know, a part of the LGBTQI community will now simply be penalized. For instance, the public will be required to report to the authorities any form of homosexuality or that they mm. assume could uh, possibly, um, you know, be a homosexual act. Landlords who know mm. that their premises are being rented out risking to prison for seven years, um, you know, but the bill was passed overwhelmingly with a majority of MPs. Only one MP opposed it, Mandy. Can you imagine in 2023? Sure. Um, and so I think now it really just, it's just going to break life extremely difficult for activists who are living fear. Already we um, see Human Rights Watch, um, you know, sounding the alarm bells. Um, and I think some activists say, you know, Ugandan politicians, should, they should rather focus on passing laws that protect vulnerable communities instead of going after minorities um, and really just, you know, making it as if it's just the worst on earth. But I think in essence, you know, the bowl is now arguing that they want to rehabilitate people. And there's actually no science for rehabilitation. I mean, this is actually just, you know, nonsense. So in essence, Mandy, not great news for activists, um, LGBTQI activists in Uganda, um, you know, the parliament railroading this yeah. bill. Um, and I think we're going to see, unfortunately, you know, a lot of clampdown on activists. And then, uh, Crystal, in Sudan, uh, we have seen lots of South Africans coming back, uh, still uh, 22 South Africans that are in Egypt. Close to 100,000 people have fled the country. What's the impact like on neighboring states? I think, firstly, um, you know, now that most of the foreigners have left Sudan, I think now it's Sudanese that have to battle it out themselves. We still see the army and RSF continuing fighting on the streets of Khartoum. Um, we're now looking at the UN special envoy saying that parties have agreed um, to enter into talks to negotiate a stable and reliable ceasefire. 
Saudi Arabia um, is uh, the country that's been looked at as an option of the venue. We see that the Saudis have been quite, you know, behind the scenes in trying to get some sort of ceasefire. Um, we know that the series of ceasefires um, that were supposed mm. to hold last week never um, happened, and so that's unfortunate. And so now we see the region, because Sudan is surrounded by several countries. So now we see people are, you know, trying to escape to Egypt, to South Sudan, um, to Chad. And, I mean, if we, if we look at Central Africa and Chad in particular, you know, very unstable as well, you know, dealing with its own insurgency, and now they right. are sitting with thousands of migrants. So, unfortunately, not great news, Mandy. And I think there has to be, um, you know, external pressure from countries like Saudi mm. Arabia, you know, rich in mineral resources, have historical ties um, to um, the country. There has to be pressure mm. so that these two parties come to some um, negotiating table because yeah. right now they're destroying the country. There's no food, there's no water. And, you know, it's just really sad for what's happening for the Sudanese people. Very much so. Crystal, thank you so much. Uh, Crystal Orderson, uh with the Africa Report.